Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I love the dance challenges. I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals. It was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 you know what i'm saying like it could have been like easier and a lot of people have asked me like how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple and what else was it gonna like that's what the song wanted thanks for listening to this episode of the crew call podcast on deadline there's plenty to celebrate in march and Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Back here with you on The Look Ahead. I'm Scott Seidenberg coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas. It is on BCND Sports Betting Network as Week 15 is underway in the NFL. Thursday night football kicking things off with the Kansas City Chiefs winning in overtime against the L.A. Chargers and not just winning, but covering the spread 34-28, a Travis Kelsey catch and run for the touchdown. Gave them the win and the cover. The Chargers never had the football. Their opportunity to possess was the kickoff in overtime. And I can't stand that. I really can't. I I know it's the rules and, and the NFL changed the overtime rules to give each team an opportunity. But really, the kickoff is not an opportunity. It's not. Uh, I get it. If it's a few, if you hold them to a field goal, you get a chance. And if you don't hold them to a field goal, you don't deserve to win the game. Okay. But who knows how it would have turned out if the Chargers got the ball first. Then the Chargers did have their chance, right, at the end of the game. Uh, they, at the After the Chiefs scored the touchdown to tie it, they had the ball with about a minute left in the game, and they were they punted. They had a chance to get down to field goal range, and they were unable to do so. But this game was really marred by Brandon Staley's decisions to go for it on fourth down. The analytical decisions to go for it on fourth down. The Chargers had five opportunities 
to get points in this game inside the 30-yard line. One time, there was an interception. And, okay, that's going to happen. Uh, You throw an interception. um, Well, that was really at the 47-yard line. But they were, you know, the interception was down the field. Okay, the 43, whatever. You throw an interception early on. You had an opportunity at the 28-yard line. And you decide to go for it. You don't get it, so you don't kick a field goal. First possession of the game, you're at the goal Your goal to go. You don't get it. You had another goal-to-go situation, didn't get it. You had a goal-to-go situation, and you fumbled. So many points left on the board for the Chargers. And really, the field goals bother me the most. Because... The Chargers left nine points on the board. And you want to say, okay, they go for it just one of those times. Maybe the first possession of the game. All right, first possession of the game, you get the ball down to the the five-yard line. You want to go for it. Okay, you want to go for it. Worst case scenario, you're, you're, you're painting them back. It's the same thing as if, you, you, you struggled and you punted and you gave them the ball inside the five-yard line. So you want to go for it on the first possession of the game? Okay. But after you don't get it there on the very first possession of the game, I don't know how on the final possession of the half, when it's 14-13, you have a lead. Or excuse me, 14-10, you have a lead. There's no pinning them back. It's the last play of the half. How do you not take the three points and go into the locker room with a touchdown lead? To me, that was the egregious error of this game. To not take the points at the end of the half. So instead of going into the half up a touchdown, you go into the half only up one point. You allow the Chiefs to get the ball first, and they march down to get a field goal. So now it's 14-13. It would have been nice if it was 17-13, but it's 14-13. Oh, by the way, notice that Andy Reid didn't go for it. Yeah, different scenario. It's fourth and eight, but still. Then on the next possession, it's fourth and two at the 28-yard line. The Chiefs just got a field goal to bring it within one. Why wouldn't you just take the points and give yourself that cushion to again go up by more than a field goal? So a field goal doesn't hurt you. They need a touchdown to take the lead, not a field goal. But they go for it, they don't get it. It remains a 14-13 game. Then they get the ball, or the the Chiefs then decide that they're going to go for it on a goal-to-go situation instead of taking the points. And that was a gift because Mahomes should have thrown a touchdown there, and he didn't. So you get a gift there. You march down to the goal line, and then you fumble. Just what are you going to do? 
But okay, you want to say that that fumble negated the Mahomes terrible throw? All right, I'll go with that. Because really, the Chiefs should have scored a touchdown, and then you should have scored a touchdown. So I think those cancel each other out. But again, the score should still be 17-13. Or it could have been higher than that, but regardless, you should still have a four-point lead. And maybe at that point, you know, who, who knows what happens. You get a touchdown after an interception. It's now 21-13. You're up by eight. But had you kicked the field goal earlier, you'd be up by 11. And had you kicked both field goals, you'd be up by 14. And I'm telling you right now, if the Chargers are up by 14 at that point, they win the football game. It's as simple as that. Two teams traded back and forth touchdowns on the ensuing possessions, and the Chiefs win in overtime. All you had to do was just kick one of those touchdowns, or kick one of those field goals. Kick one of those field goals, and you win the game. And if you kick two of them, you definitely win the game. And you would, if the Chargers won this football game, you would look at them very differently. You would look at this Chargers team thinking they are 9-5 and five in first place in the AFC West with a chance legitimately to capture the one seed in the AFC playoffs because Patriots may lose to the Colts. You can have, uh, you know, maybe um, you know, another hiccup along the way for the Pats. The Titans could lose some games. Very possible that a 12-5 and Chargers team, because they're winning out the rest of their games. I mean, the rest of their games, they're favored in. Texans, Broncos, and Raiders. You would look at this team, and you would think to yourself, you know what? This is, this is a Super Bowl contender here. This is a good football team. This is a team that just swept the Kansas City Chiefs, that beat them in Arrowhead and now beat them at home. And tell me who this team is afraid of after sweeping the Kansas City Chiefs. No one. But because of the loss, you'll change your opinion on this team. And I'm here to tell you that you shouldn't. Because this this game, they won this game tonight. Those players on that field won this game. Their coach put them in a bad spot and enabled that game to go to overtime. But this is a team that should have had a two-touchdown lead in the fourth quarter instead of a one-touchdown lead. Instead of an eight-point lead, and the Chiefs getting a touchdown and a two-point conversion to tie it. They should have been up 14. And then when the Chiefs scored, make it a seven-point game, when the Chargers scored again, they would have went up by 14 again, and they guess what? At that point, you don't even need another touchdown. A field goal there makes it a two-possession game. This is a good football team. And this is a team that, 
I think everybody in the AFC should be afraid of. Because they can compete and beat any team in the AFC. That includes the Kansas City Chiefs. That includes the Buffalo Bills. That includes the New England Patriots. Any team in the AFC, this Chargers team can compete with. And I hope we get an opportunity to see it. I mean, they will be a playoff team. And if the season ended today, the way that it would match up is they would play against the number four seed because they're going to finish with the number five seed. And the number four seed is going to be the AFC North champion. And so against the Ravens, against the Bengals, or against the Browns, I think they can get the job done. Now, they lost to the Ravens earlier this year, but they crushed the Bengals. So, and they beat the Browns too. So who's to say? But this team can win football games in the playoffs, and I can't wait till they do so. Hey, sign up for a play card, debit, MasterCard, and get paid faster than a paper check with direct deposit. Always be ready to roll with PlayCard. Visit PlayCard.com today to apply. Subject to card activation and ID verification. Terms and costs apply. Card issued by Metabank NA. Member FDIC. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can follow along on Twitter at Scott's On Air. Coming up next, we'll go through some plays in the NFL and the college football for this coming weekend. This is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Allison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's like very of all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. Like, what did we do? It's so slow. <laughs> Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on Deadline. Thank you again, Allison. Thank you. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zigazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Zigazoo is moderated by real, live people who review content before it's posted on the feed. I especially love the dance challenges. So much fun. Oh, and there's no comments or messaging, so you don't get any of that negativity that's all over other social networks. Oh, my friends love it. I love that it's KidSafe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Uh, that's great, but I wouldn't be doing Zigazoo if it wasn't fun. She would not be doing it if I didn't think her data was safe. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids! <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> 
Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the look ahead on VSN, the sports betting network. College Bowl season starts this Friday, and VSN has got you covered with our all new bowl betting guide. Get matchup analysis on every bowl game, including insights, trends, data, and predictions to help you make your best bets. Whether you're betting on every game, playing contests, or just want to find a few key high-value props, well, the VSIN College Bowl Guide is here to help you give get help give you an edge. Get your digital copy today. Only $19.99 at vsin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. Let's get into the bowl games here for this weekend. You have two games coming up on Friday, which will kick off bowl season. That is Middle Tennessee and Toledo in the Bahamas Bowl being played in the Bahamas. Total is 10 and a half in that one. And then the Cure Bowl in Orlando, a game that uh, I've been keeping an eye on here, Northern Illinois against Coastal Carolina. In this matchup, I favor Coastal Carolina. Now, they are 10.5-point favorites, so it is a heavy line. But I think I'm okay laying the, the, the points here. First off, I feel like Coastal is in a little bit of a better spot here. They have played in this game before. Coastal has been in the um, the Cure Bowl. Last year, they lost to Liberty in overtime, 37-34. Uh, you know, they're not playing Liberty again. That was a marquee matchup last season uh, after the championship game in the Sun Belt was canceled because of covid so now they get to play the Cure Bowl once again, back to a place where they've been before, and they get Northern Illinois. So for Northern Illinois, um, they they might be a little bit distracted by this game, and what I mean by that is they. They haven't exactly had success in bowl games. And I believe that this, let's see. They played in a bowl game 2018. They lost the Boca Raton Bowl to UAB. In 2017, 
They lost the Quick Lane Bowl to Duke. 2015, the Poinsettia Bowl to Boise State. 2014, the Boca Raton Bowl to Marshall. 2013, the Poinsettia Bowl to Utah State. 2012, the Orange Bowl losing to Florida State in that one. That was a tremendous season for Northern Illinois that year. They've played in 13 bowl games. They have a record of 4-9, and nine, but they have lost six straight bowl games. These kids come out of the cold weather of Illinois and head to Orlando. Disney. A lot to be distracted by. Or you have Coastal, who's been there, done that. I favor Coastal when it comes to the distraction factor. The distraction of the weather, the distraction of Disney, just the distraction of the bowl situation. Little been there, done that for Coastal Carolina. Now, I do believe that Coastal's offense is going to be too much for Northern Illinois to handle. They will be sharp. Grayson McCall will be solid. And they're going to be fast-paced, get chunk plays, and I can easily see them winning this game by double digits. Now, 11 or 10.5 is a very high line. My final score prediction is probably like 30. I would, uh, at first glance, I would say like 31 21, you know, something like that. I kind of think it's a 10 point game, to be honest with you. And that's pretty much where I have it. Now, can Coastal make an extra play on defense, possibly? You see, maybe Northern Illinois doesn't even get to 21. Maybe this is like a 30. Maybe this is like a 30 to 17 type of football game. And Coastal covers. I think Coastal scores into the 30s, to be honest with you. You know, so maybe it's a 35 21 game, something like that. But the total is at 63. So there is points expected. Um, and I would say that if I had to make a play on this game, it would be Coastal. I don't exactly love it, but that would be my lean to go with Coastal. I think they win. I think they win by 10 or so, and we move on. On Saturday, you have five bowl games. Actually, six bowl games because there is actually, uh, oh no, uh, on Friday, you have James Madison and North Dakota State in the uh, FCS championship uh, semifinals. And the other semifinal game is on um Saturday, South Dakota State and Montana State. But there's a bowl game. There's an FCS bowl game on Saturday. The Celebration Bowl in Atlanta, South Carolina State against Jackson State. Jackson State is the team that is coached by Deion Sanders. And they went 11-1 and this year in the SWAC. And they... Just got the number one or number two, depending on what rankings you looked at, recruit in the country. There's a lot uh, going into um, the this story. You know, whether it's um, the money that this kid is going to get, 
because of his NIL deal with Barstool. Those rumors. Um, Deion Sanders, you know, could he? does he want a better job? Does he leave? You know, remember, Deion was overlooked here for the Florida State job when they hired Mike Norvell. And Dion winds up going to get a job at Coaches Jackson State, leads them to an 11 and 1 record. And um, their only loss was to Louisiana Monroe, who's in, you know, an FBS school. So they went undefeated in the FCS. Uh, they're 10 point favorites in this game. This game is on the board. Bettable game. Jackson State against South Carolina State. I look for Dion and company to run up the score here. And look for the Jackson State Tigers to roll over the uh, South Carolina State Bulldogs. So that would be a game that I would look at because I think that it's they're going to roll here. Uh, but on Saturday, you got five bowl games in FBS, obviously. Uh, Western Kentucky, App State in the Boca Raton Bowl. UTEP, Fresno State in the New Mexico Bowl. UAB and BYU in the Independence Bowl. Eastern Michigan and Liberty in the Lending Tree Bowl. Utah State, Oregon State in the L.A. Bowl. Louisiana Marshall in the New Orleans Bowl. So actually six bowl games on Saturday. Uh, First glance, Liberty is where I lean. You know, I, I look at Malik Willis and his opportunity to impress the scouts one final time. You know, I I think that losing the last three games of the season in the way that they did, with him looking as, not as bad, but he didn't look good in, in those three games. He turned the football over. And so I believe that this is his opportunity to put, that behind him and to give a good lasting impression for the NFL scouts that will be in attendance and the ones that will watch the film of this game. Malik Willis can go out. The only thing that concerns me is what if he has a big time first half and then does not play the second half? What if that's what happens here? That he throws three touchdowns in the first half, Liberty is up by 14 or whatever, and then Hugh Freeze sits him in the second half. You know, when you have a guy who's a projected first-round NFL talent, a lot of these guys don't play in these bowl games. Kenny Pickett opted out for Pitt. We've seen other quarterbacks opt out as well. Carson Strong for Nevada. Malik Willis is playing in this game. But it concerns me how much will he play in this game. That's what I'm kind of thinking about here. That's giving me a little bit of hesitancy. So maybe a first half play on Liberty. Maybe that's the move here. Because I do think Willis does ball out. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Follow along on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. 
We have a new prop tracker now available on vcin.com for you to keep up with ENFL props. Head to vcin.com to get current odds as well as the movement each week. Follow the trends and find the best value. Track the odds for MVP, head coach, rookie of the year, and more. Check out the prop tracker, betting splits, key trends, and matchup data for every game now at vcin.com slash NFL. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. Wrapping up the uh, bold discussion for games here this weekend um, on Saturday. We also have BYU UAB, BYU laying seven. Uh, what One concern for me for BYU is that they're still, now they're not having opt-outs but they are still dealing with some injury news. Um, but they did get a possible good news that they could get some players back. Uh, wide receiver Gunnar Romney and offensive lineman Harris Lachance uh, will be available to play in this game. Romney's been in and out of the lineup due to uh, injuries. And the other thing, though, is that they are missing Neil Powell, their wide receiver, he's not going to play. Their center, James Empey, not going to play as well. Uh, missing um, a couple, missing a start, a couple, a couple of starting linebackers. So those injuries do give me a little bit of uh, hesitancy, but I still think the BYU talent wins out, coaching wins out. Um, they should be able to beat UAB uh, in Shreveport, but. What's the motivation like? Uh, are they not happy that they could, you know, they could have had a better bowl game? They finished 10 and 2. And, you know, losing to Baylor, losing to Boise State, that's about it. This is a team that had a possibility of getting to a New Year's Six bowl game, but they find themselves, instead of a big time bowl, they're playing in the Independence Bowl on. December 18th, so a little maybe a lack of motivation there could come into play. Uh, UAB does not have a good bowl history, though. Um, we'll see. There could be weather uh, could be a factor in this game. There might be some precipitation in the forecast in Louisiana. So keep an eye on that. But you would think that just because BYU and their name recognition and the fact that they're number 13 in the nation – would be a lot higher of a favorite than just seven against UAB. Uh, Louisiana takes on Marshall, this one in New Orleans, so it's pretty much a home game for uh, Louisiana. The thing that just bothers me about Louisiana in this matchup is that they have a lot. their, Their entire coaching staff is gone. You know, their 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 new coach, their new head coach, um DeSormo takes over. And, you know, Billy Napier took like his entire staff pretty much to uh Florida with him. And so there it's gonna be obviously it's been a challenge for the past couple of weeks preparing for this bowl game. Uh they're gonna want, you know, Louisiana's gonna want to get DeSormo off to a victory. And they're better than Marshall. They should beat Marshall. But I think it's going to be closer than what people think. Um, You know, Marshall can move the football on you. 
Louisiana is going to want to run and run and run out the clock. And and will they be able? To, will they be able to get a lead and be able to run the ball and keep keep the herd off the field and grind out a victory? Don't you think that this line is stinky also? Again, from the outside looking in, you don't know anything about these teams. You see 12-1 Louisiana, number 23 in the nation, against 7-5 Marshall. The game is being played very close to where campus is. Let's see, Lafayette to New Orleans. How far is that? Uh, not. Let's see. Lafayette, Louisiana to New Orleans is a two-hour drive. Their fan base will make that drive. This is a home game for them. A little source of pride. But the spread is only five. As Tim Murray on the nightcap would say, embrace the stink, maybe. Uh, Utah State against Oregon State. I don't really have a feel for that game. Uh, Fresno State, UTEP. This game is very confusing to me because I don't know what Fresno State is going to do at quarterback. Will Jake Hayner play for Fresno State? He went into the transfer portal and then withdrew. From the transfer portal. So he is staying at Fresno State. Does that. And he is eligible to play in this game. But we haven't gotten any indication. About who's going to actually be at quarterback. For Fresno State in this game. There was a, there was an article from a couple of days ago. That said that. Um. Fresno State interim coach Lee Marks was keeping the information close to his vest that freshman Jalen Henderson and redshirt freshman Logan Fife would compete for the start. But Jake Hayner is eligible to play in this game. Marks said, quote, we are going to keep everything in-house of how we are going to handle those things right now. (laughs) I don't know who's playing quarterback for this team. If it's Hayner, they should blow him out. They're an 11 point favorite, 11 and a half point favorite. They should blow him out if it's Hayner. If it's not Hayner, I have no idea. So maybe wait until game time before putting in a play on Fresno State. If you find out that Hayner's going to play, go Hayner in the, the first half, right? Go Fresno State in the first half. Then maybe they give the other kids a look uh, in the second half and things like that. And then this game is very, very interesting. App State and Western Kentucky. I talked to our good buddy Chris Landry earlier in the uh, week, and I asked if App State can keep up with Western Kentucky. Because Western Kentucky, as we know, is a a high-powered offense led by quarterback Bailey Zappi. Um, They throw the ball all over the place, and I wonder if App State can score with them. And the answer is... Yes, App State can score. App State's shown that they can rack up the yards and score on people. 
They do it on the ground. They're going to run for probably 300 somewhat yards in this game. And you also have to look at the bowl history here. App State is 6-0 and in bowl games. It's like a source of pride for them. And I think going up against Western Kentucky, there's going to be, uh, it's going to be fast-paced. It's going to be high-scoring. Um, you know, Western Kentucky is going to throw the ball all over the place, but they'll also possibly turn the football over. Or there's going to be some, you know, some stalled drives, some quick stalled drives. You know, when you have an offense like, uh, Western Kentucky does spread everybody out and just go pedal to the metal fast, 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 fast. Yes, you can put up a ton of yards and you can score on people. You could also throw three incompletions in seconds and you're punting the football. So as much as that's the, the one thing's going to happen where Western Kentucky is going to hit some plays down the field and they're going to go, they're going to, you know, score, score, score and get yards, yards, yards. There's going to be a couple of possessions where they go empty, empty, empty. And then App State's going to make them pay for that. So I do like App State in this matchup of uh, two teams that can, you know, certainly score. Total is 67, by the way, in this game. And 67 seems like eh, it could be 40 something. Yeah, this game's probably into the 70s, like a 40, like a 43, like a 42, like a 42, 35 type game, if that makes sense. Like App State wins 42, 35. Let's book that down. App State 42, 35. App State covers the three. Game goes over the posted total of 67. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Some thoughts on the NFL games, and we'll take a look at the NBA and NHL schedule for Friday. Coming up next, right here on The Look Ahead, here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Follow all of us here on the network at VSIN Live. And be sure to head to vsin.com to find out all the ways watch and view our program. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. 
Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying cows are bust. You can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be my That's my game. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March. And ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is the look ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. Save 50% off a VSIN all access subscription for the rest of the football season with our big game special. Get access to our in depth matchup analysis, trends, and picks for every game and sport on the schedule, including our exclusive betting splits showing you where the money is going on every game. Sign up today and you'll also get our daily best bets emails, weekly betting guides, 24 7 video, plus. Our all-new College Bowl betting guide covering every bowl game for only $39 at vcin.com slash subscribe. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on vcin, the sports betting network. As we take a look to the NFL schedule here for the weekend, two Saturday games, Raiders, Browns, and Patriots, Colts. Patriots, Colts is a tough one because I do like the Pats in a teaser spot, getting them to eight and a half. And looking at the way that this is going, I mean, this is trending to be like one of those classic pros versus Joes matchups. Uh, The tickets seem like they're going to be all on the New England Patriots. Like the public is jumping in here on the New England Patriots. Handle, all that stuff. But the line's not moving. It's at two and a half. You would think that with all the money coming in, uh, with all the bets coming in on the Patriots, maybe that spread moves. But it's not. Because the pros are coming in and they're hammering the Colts. Sharp money coming in on Indy. 
public money coming in on the Patriots. I think if the Patriots cover, the books are going to get hit hard. And so I'm very curious to see how this one ends up. I'm not going to go in any further except for my teaser spot um, with the Patriots and the Colts. Um, so plus eight and a half for the Pats, I'll gladly take it. The other, I have the Browns in a teaser leg at plus seven and a half because when it was plus one and a half, I bought in. Now it's at three and a half. This line is going to change because you're going to get COVID changes, right? With the new protocols that have been put into place, a vaccinated player could actually return sooner than, than, than before. Before, they needed two negative tests 24 hours apart. Now, as long as they're asymptomatic and they get tested and this new test shows that they have like a low level of the, the virus, that they're not contagious, they're back. They can play. So we can find out on Friday night that, hey, Baker Mayfield, Jarvis Landry, they're all playing. Then does this line move back to Browns minus five? That's where it opened. And even if it stays this way and all these players are out, if Nick Mullins has to start at quarterback, I don't think it matters. The game plan for the Browns just needs to be to line up in jumbo sets, extra tight ends, fullbacks, and pound the rock. Run the football with Nick Chubb, Dearness Johnson, and just grind away at this Raiders team. The Raiders are the seventh worst team in the NFL in defending the run. Take advantage of that, and the Browns can easily win this football game at home. On Sunday couple of really high spreads. And last week, we saw a bunch of high spreads, and the favorites dominated. Like, dominated. It was one of those weeks, right? The books got crushed, all the favorites won. So looking at the high spreads this week, you got Cowboys 11 at the Giants, Cardinals 12.5 at the Lions, Bills 11 against the Panthers, Dolphins, nine and a half against the Jets. Eagles, nine and a half against Washington. 49ers, nine against the Falcons. And the Bucks, 11 against the Saints. Those are really high. But of all of those high spread games, I don't like any of these underdogs. Like the Giants are a team dead in the water. They'll get blown out. The Lions. At home, maybe put up a fight. Cardinals coming on a short week, dealing with the loss of DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe a little bit down from their loss to the Rams. But it would seem like a get-right spot for Kyler Murray and company. Like, think about what we've seen from the Cardinals this year. Primetime games nationally televised. We've watched them lose to the Packers and lose to the Rams. But in the games that we're not watching them in, you know, they just handle their business and they blow teams out. And maybe that's what's going to happen here with the Detroit Lions. Bills and Panthers, I mean, come on. You know, this may be an opportunity for the Bills to start looking like the Buffalo Bills. Like last week, they played their hearts out against the Tampa Bay Bucks and came up short. 
They have lost two straight games now. They need to bounce back to get themselves solidified in the playoff picture. This seems like it would be a blowout up in Buffalo. The Jets and Dolphins, maybe that's the one that I'd shy away from. Because, I don't know, do I trust Miami? Can I trust Miami? You know, they had that nice little winning streak. Um, Still going on, I guess. Right? They've won five straight games. Beating the Texans, impressive over the Ravens. You beat the Jets, beat the Panthers, and you beat the Giants. Now, you got to play the Jets again. But the last time you played them, you only won by seven. And now, going on the road? No, no, they're at home. But now at home, if they won by seven on the road, will they win by ten at home? All right, maybe the Dolphins are the right side there. Eagles and Washington seem like two teams going in opposite directions. Both of them still have a chance at the playoffs. Washington looked great until last week, and I think the injury bug is starting to creep up. They're, They're dealing with a ton of COVID news, but even without the COVID news, Logan Thomas out for injury, Montez Sweat with the injury, Taylor Heineke with the injury. Uh, banged-up Washington team against a fresh Eagles team, kind of like the Eagles. 49ers against the Falcons. Falcons stink. But they're 6-7, and seven, believe it or not. Like, how crazy is that? The Falcons, they still have a chance to make the playoffs. They beat the Panthers last week. But I think this game kind of looks more like the way that the Falcons looked against the Bucks, losing 30-17. to 17. Like, I can see the Niners easily winning by double digits at home. And then you have the Bucks on Sunday night. This could get ugly. This is going to be a statement game for Tom Brady and the Bucks because I believe the Saints have won five straight against the Bucks over the past couple of seasons. In the regular season, I should say. And the Saints now do not have Drew Brees. They don't even have Jameis Winston. Uh, is Taysom Hill winning this football game? Is Taysom Hill keeping them in this football game? They are. They have gotten healthier. You know, Kamara back and whatnot. But this Bucks team at home is a buzzsaw. I mean, they're undefeated at home. And they're scoring thirty, at least thirty points at home every time. I mean, this is—I think they've scored thirty or more in all six home games. Let's see: thirty-one against the Cowboys, forty-eight against the Falcons, forty-five against the Dolphins, thirty-eight against the Bears, thirty against the Giants, thirty-three against the Bills. They've scored at least thirty points in every home game this year. I don't think this Saints team is going to score 30 points. So that's kind of where I like um, this to go here uh, for the Sunday night football game. On the NBA schedule, a couple of quick notes for Friday. 
the Miami Heat should probably be more than a four-point favorite against the Magic, depending on who plays. You have to keep an eye on that. No real read on the Warriors and the Celtics. Um, maybe that game goes under after a while. After a while, the Warriors are a very good under team this year. Lakers and Warriors, we just don't know who's going to play in that game for the Lakers. There's no line on it just yet. Coming up this morning here on uh, Follow the Money as um, you know, going to be an excited. They're going to do plenty of uh, football um, and uh, Mary Kay Cabot, Cleveland Plain Dealer or Cleveland.com. She'll join the uh, program. She's you know absolutely one of the best covering uh, the Cleveland uh, Browns. And uh, Brad Powers, college football handicapper, will join the program as well. That's coming up this morning on Follow the Money. I'm Scott Seidenberg. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air. This is The Look Ahead here on VC, the Sports Betting Network. This, this, this. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. Com slash compatibility.